Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. All right, welcome in to Whiskey and Wonder. This is episode 17. I've given up the episode counting because I get it wrong every single time. 16, <laughs> episode 16. If you count that debacle of our end of year special. The end uh, of year special wasn't awful. Uh, it, it, I'm chalking that up to a failure because I forgot to record the video. I mean, I had a good time if you guys saw on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Megan, uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to record it, but I was really buzzed and Megan was... Uh, drunk. Yeah, drunk. With a capital D. Yeah, she was, she was good and drunk. I was gone. Gonzo. It was a fun time, though. It was. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, we have chosen the wi- best whiskey of 2020 that we tried. Yes, we have. And it's... It is in our... Awesome uh, decanter. Yes, the decanter. We've got pictures of that on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we're going to say what it is, actually. I know I said spoiler alert, but you guys go listen to that episode and listen to uh, us get a little plastered <laughs> anyway this is whiskey and wonder all right i'm tyler i'm megan that's megan we're on video now this episode should be up on youtube you hit record hi yeah i hit record <laughs> yeah I, if you've been on our instagram you see the little note i added to my pre-record checklist that says hit record asshole and then uh friend shelby came along and added uh cameras asshole because it, that that's the record that i forget to hit apparently well, you didn't forget today. <laughs> Yay, Nothing's Tyler. gone wrong yet in the first two minutes. <laughs> All right. We're off to a good start. Hell yes. All right. Uh-huh. Uh, you know what I just realized we forgot to do? Make an itinerary? Yes, make an itinerary. So <laughs> I'm going to pull up the old one. Okay. We're just going to wing it from the old one. Yep. You got this. Why are um, you on Google? Because that's where it is in my Google Docs. Oh, Google, in Docs. Google Docs. I thought, never mind. Come on now. I'm sorry. I mm. all right. So as I mentioned, this is this episode will be on YouTube. Uh, we're gonna have every episode on YouTube uh, as far as as long as I hit record. Yep. Um, you can see our ugly faces. Yes, this mean mug right here. God, my beard's getting long. I can see it over here on the side. We are at six hundred and ten listens as of this recording. So. Uh, 2,500 and we get to shave that fucker off. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, I'm so excited, guys. Make it happen. Please. Please. Uh, I want you to make it happen, but not so that I can shave my beard off. Um, So, yeah, on my schedule, it says talk about the end of your special, but I think we already did that. Yeah, hey. (laughs) Considering this is last week, uh, two weeks ago, since we didn't, we actually didn't record a... uh, um, an episode, an episode, an episode, 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 episode on, uh, last week. Um, so the reason we chose to do that is because we realized we were talking about current events that were happening and then the episodes were airing, you know, like a week late, eight days later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're recording this on Sunday, January 3rd, and it should come out Monday, January 4th. Yep. A sad day for me and several other people out there i'm sure because we you know have to go back to work after the holidays oh you poor thing i had to work through the holidays so i'm sorry i had to work one job through the holidays (laughs) uh but that's only a couple nights a week so um this episode marks the 
end of our sticker giveaway. It does. So uh, the promotion was essentially if you asked us for a sticker before this episode airs on January 4th, we would make sure you got one for free. Um, So at this point, I guess by the time this episode airs, they will be $3. Yep. Um, We failed as podcasters and as humans because we promised we would have our website up and working come the airing of this episode. It's not. <laughs> no. It's, I, I mean, it. Uh, it's in the works. I've yeah, been working on it. It's um, definitely in I'm, progress, but making I'm, a website is hard. Especially when you're not creative, like me. I don't know what I'm doing. Every time I've logged on to try to do it, I get overwhelmed and I freak out. I just do a little bit at a time and get frustrated and get tired of doing a little <laughs> bit and getting frustrated. Uh, so if, if you uh, design or code websites and you want to help out your favorite podcast on the low, low, let it, us know, it, please. It, it doesn't even have to be a design. We literally, we have a, a WordPress. Oh, yeah. It, it's WordPress. I'm just not good at doing it. I'm not creative enough. And we need <laughs> to figure out how to put a shop in it. There's a lot we have to do. Yeah. I'm terrified. Yeah. it. We'll get it. We'll get there. Uh, we're going to have some premium content on there too. We're thinking uh, maybe some live streams potentially. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe like one night a week or or something. Something. Yeah. We're we're still working the kinks out on that one, but um Yeah, so I guess that's pretty much it for the announcements. Maybe uh maybe we got a couple couple of uh smaller ones we'll keep towards the end. Um so, yeah, with that, if you're on YouTube, if you're seeing us on YouTube, we've got our Instagram and Twitter and all the uh, podcast information and where you can email us and reach out. I would like to say we got another email. <laughs> You'll hear that during our mail time. Yes. Um, so exciting. So if you're not on YouTube and you can't see all that stuff, uh, you can find Megan on Instagram at whiskey.megan. Cleverly, you can find me on Instagram at whiskey.tyler. See what we did there? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Tyler underscore whiskey. The podcast is at whiskey wonder. I'm sorry, at whiskey podcast. And Twitter is at whiskey wonder. Whiskey wonder at gmail.com for email. Whiskey and wonder.com whenever it's up and running. Sorry. (laughs) And if you want to donate, paypal.me slash whiskey and wonder. God, that's a mouthful. That's getting long. Um, If you missed any of that, it's going to be in the description as well. I'll I'll put it all in the uh, show notes. Um, All right. Now that we're through all the good, good, and hopefully everybody's had a happy start to the new year. Um, yeah, happy new year. I forgot. Yeah. It's happy 2021. Happy new year, everybody. We survived 2020. Nothing has changed. Nope. Not a damn thing. Some people are $600 richer. Oh, yay. If you live in America, yeah. Yeah. Some people got their stimulus. Some of us haven't. Nope, I have not. <sighs> Thanks, Papa Trump. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. <laughs> moving on. Opening the bottle. I did that without looking at my screen to make sure it was the right one.
So I was hoping <laughs> as it played, I was like, please be the one that says opening the bottle. <laughs> uh, so today we are drinking Woodford Reserve Double Oaked. I'm trying to get this without the reflection for you guys. That's why. There we go. It will also be on our Instagram as Absolutely. usual. Um, this was a recommendation, wasn't it? Uh, this was a gift from oh, friend okay. Shelby. Oh, hey, friend Shelby. You show up a lot. We love you. She, You're the best. Yes, absolutely. She said uh, we shouted her out like five or six times in one episode. Yeah, and well, she, she deserves she was it. She's very appreciative. She's, she's, she's like our number one fan. Yeah, she's awesome. So absolutely. thank you, friend Shelby. You are president of the Whiskey and Wonder fan club, and we love you. Absolutely. And I'm not trying to shame all our other fans. All our other fan. <laughs> <laughs> now I know we got more than more than one uh other fan, but we have a you know, whole five. Yeah. And only a couple of them are parents. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, to all our other fans, you know, uh, we, we appreciate y'all just as much as we appreciate Shelby. She's just do. really involved with helping us come up with ideas, frankly. Yeah. Um uh, she's she's, she's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Awesome girl. All right, now I'm going to pour some of this while Megan teaches y'all about this, or tells y'all about this whiskey. All right. So Woodford Reserve uh, takes place in the Woodford Reserve Distillery, which is a national historic landmark. Uh, It has been around since 1812. So the history of bourbon is the history of Kentucky, is the history of the United States. They have two master distillers, Chris Morris and Elizabeth McCall. Chris and Elizabeth have been integral in driving innovation and shaping the story of Woodford Reserve, sharing the belief that the keys to making the world's finest bourbon are not only time and patience, but science and art. Chris Chris began his career in bourbon in 1976, and Elizabeth began uh, as an assistant master distiller in 2018. Uh, Together, they craft whiskeys that are a spectacle for the senses. Now, this company, um, I really like that 98% of their materials are recycled across all their operations. So they're trying to stay green, um... 97% of food scraps are composted at the Woodford Reserve property. Um, So they're, they're trying to do right by mother nature. Yes. So I'm hoping you guys can see that I'm kind of covering up my view here. All right. So this is again, the double oaked bourbon. Yes. All right. Double oaked. I'm assuming that means it was, uh, Finished in a second oak barrel, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. All right, so I did a smelling. I got, I got uh, a couple whiffs, but I didn't actively smell it. As a matter of fact, if you're watching the video, you saw me start to pull it to my nose and then like jerk away because I realized I was about to smell it, and it wasn't time for that. Oh well, I already smelled it. It's fine. Um. All right, so as you smell it, um, oh, you have to take water first. Sorry, I was just thirsty. Okay, smell it, mm, try it out. 
Uh, it smells really good. Um, I'm thinking very vanilla y, like vanilla bean ice cream. Super vanilla. Um, I'm getting uh, syrup, maple y. Some, uh, I definitely get vanilla, but I'm getting like a tinge of something sweeter. I'm not getting anything yeah. Oh, yeah, sweeter it's like, than the... It's like maple the, syrup is what I'm smelling. Okay, interesting. Um, and there is something spicy in there as well. I can feel the alcohol burn my nose. Very faintly. It's yes. definitely not burning my nose hairs, but no. it... it Tingles a little. It's there. Yeah, it tingles. That's a good word. It tingles. All right. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what did you just laugh at? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if y'all heard that on the audio, but the video people saw Megan just like randomly start laughing. <laughs> my life is a joke. Uh, <laughs> we are supposed to be smelling rich notes of dark fruit, caramel, sharp honey, Chocolate, marzipan, and toasted oak. We wrong. Yeah, we're wrong. Okay. <laughs> uh, what is marzipan? Marzipan is a dessert. Um, it's like a gooey dessert thing. All right, technical. Let me uh, <laughs> Google marzipan. Let me let me figure out what marzipan is. Um. Google's listening. It was the first thing that came up. Google's always listening. Right now, if I talk about the zoo, ads are going to start popping up for the zoo. Marzipan is a confection mm -hmm. consisting primarily of sugar or honey and almond meal, sometimes augmented with almond oil, 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 oh. almond oil or extract. It's often made into sweets. Common uses are chocolate-covered marzipan and small marzipan imitations of fruits and vegetables. Yep. It, it looks almost like a baby pound cake. But it does. it's not the texture of cake at all. Really? Yeah, yeah. I can see that. It kind of looks like a, like a hybrid between ice cream and cake. <laughs> like it's got like that texture ice cream has, like, you, you know? Okay, yeah, I see what you're talking and about. Sliced like a cake, though. I don't know. Um, it marzipan tastes good. It's almondy. I'm out. Not an almond person, guys. Well, now that I was told that I need to smell dark fruit and caramel and chocolate, I'm smelling it. I definitely can smell. But yeah, I can smell the fruit now. But uh. I couldn't figure it out without the help, so, oops. It's all right. It's been, we've had a week off, essentially. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's exactly why. Yeah. It's the holidays, guys. As you can see, Megan's diving in. Ooh, Tyler's face. I like that. Oh, shit. <clears throat> I inhaled, apparently, <laughs> right as I took a drink, and it went, like, in my sinuses almost. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about burn. But I did get a little bit of taste, and it tastes good. 
Uh, that made my eyes water. Oh, that's hysterical. Mm. Have you ever shot whiskey out of your nose? Email us at whiskeyandwonder at gmail.com. Uh, Let I, us it, know. Didn't, it didn't come out of my nose, but geez, it went up a little bit. Oh, that's so funny. Um, well, it's, what, oh, go it, ahead. I, I'm still feeling the, feeling the, I'm going to call it the glow. The whiskey glow, because it makes you warm, and it, I just, I, I imagine it as like a glow coming out when you're cold. Mm-hmm. I, I like to call it the whiskey glow. Yeah, I get that. I can't, I can't put my finger on what this taste is. It's, I don't know. It's good. It's fruity. Yeah. It's fruity on the front end. Um, I do get hints of chocolate, mm-hmm. now that I've been told it's there. Yeah, same. And hmm, the back end, I can't. I, I will admit, I went pretty small on these fingers. So, is that why they're so little? Yeah, I I originally okay. poured the first one, and I was like, I don't need nearly this much, and poured half of it into your cup. <laughs> okay. So it's if if you like, want some more, like this is not as much as I normally have. But yeah, no, I went I went light light. Onto the light side. Um, I can't, I don't know what that taste is. It's fruity and chocolatey. I definitely still get the glow. I like that word, the glow. Um, There's a spice at the end. Yeah. But not, not bad at all. Um, It's pretty good. I like it. I, mm, Ooh, 2021 is off to a good start so far. <laughs> um, So we are supposed to be tasting a full-bodied mix of vanilla, dark caramel, hazelnut, apple, fruit, and spices. Well, I got the fruit and spices. I get the vanilla, especially on the end. Like, I feel like the vanilla stays on my tongue. I can... I don't want to say it's like an aftertaste, but it's almost like an aftertaste. A lingering aftertaste of vanilla. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely and that the finish is supposed to be long and creamy with lingering hints of honeyed apple. I and yes, I I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Yep, that is definitely the finish that I'm getting. Uh overall it's been pretty good so far. I I like it. So all right, so now that we're uh, now that we've opened the bottle and got everything going, I'm just checking. I'm a little paranoid after last week, checking everything and making sure everything's still recording because we're only 20 minutes in. I guess we could redo this if we had to. <laughs> uh, unlike last week, where we were two thirds of the way and we were like, "Shit." <laughs> yep. Um, all right. Well, I guess it's time for Megan to uh, teach us something this this week. All right, you're going to learn something today. So this is our first topic that was a requested topic. Ooh. So this topic was requested by friend Corey of the podcast. Thank you, friend Corey. By the way, we're still. Uh, Getting Megan a soundboard. It just it's not, not here, here yet. yet. Soon. Trademark. Blizzard trademark. Um it's a gaming thing. Okay. 
Don't worry about it. People who get it, get it. Okay. So, Corey wanted us to go over theater traditions and superstitions. Okay. Is this like the... Uh, uh, I don't want to spoil anything. I think I know one. Okay. What is it? Don't break a leg. Essentially, and, tell well, somebody you wish somebody bad luck for good luck. Yeah, uh, that is... We'll get into it. We'll okay. get into it. Um, there's a lot of different theories about what that actually means. So, Interesting. Yeah, okay. we'll, get th- we'll get there. Um, Corey wanted us to go over this because in the world of COVID-19, uh, we really need to help keep theater and those music performers afloat because they are struggling just as hard as anyone right now. And theater is such a big part of world history. Um, it would hurt very bad to see it vanish completely. Um, look up your local community theaters. A lot of them are doing Zoom productions, um, and some of them are really quite good. Um, so don't let theater die with COVID-19. I, I want to stick around. No. You were, you're, you're looking funny. I don't even go to the movies, so you're barking up the wrong tree for that one. <laughs> I'll put it this way, though. I will say I'd, I'd go to a theater before I'd go to the movies. Okay. I would do that, but I'm... <sighs> well, I'm a homebody. Well, um, if I could afford to go to the theater more, I would, for sure. Um, back when I was growing up, the company my mom worked for partnered with the Denver Performing Arts Center. Uh, so we got tickets on the low low and we were able to go to like ballets and everything like all the time so i grew up watching the theater and these performances and some of my favorite memories are that experience to this day um my favorite ballet i ever saw performed was dracula that was amazing i didn't know something like that could be a ballet i thought ballet was just like dancing in tutus Oh, no. It was dark and gritty and gorgeous. Absolutely phenomenal. Interesting. So, something to think of and check out. Theater is not just all prissy stuff. Ballet and tutus? Yes. I mean, I already knew it wasn't, but I, I didn't know ballet was. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's some really dark ballets. Fun fact. Yeah. I was almost in a play in high school. Wow. (laughs) I was, I like went to one rehearsal and then got a job and said, all right, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Money was more important at the time. Okay. (laughs) You are definitely not a theater kid. I, nope. I was a chorus kid. I I did not know that. I pictured you as a band kid. Oh, no. Mm -mm. No. I was in chorus. Really? Fascinating. Three years. Fascinating. Okay. Learn something new every day, guys. So there are so many theater superdisons that I could go over. Um, But I'm going to go over my top five and what it seems to be the Internet's top five. Um, Number one. I had never heard of, and apparently that's criminal um, because it is the most popular. Saying Macbeth in a theater will curse the production. Most performers refer to it as the Scottish play or the Bard's play. Saying Macbeth is 
super, super taboo. I've also heard it uh, called the Shakespeare play that can't be said. Yeah, that's a but, little bit of a mouthful. Yeah. Um. So the play's history of bad luck actually began on its very first ever performance in 1606. The actor that was supposed to be playing Lady Macbeth died, just died. And Shakespeare himself had to step in and play the role of Lady Macbeth for the very first ever production. And it all kind of went downhill from there. In another 17th century production held in Amsterdam, the actor playing King Duncan was killed when a real dagger was switched out instead of a prop. So he actually like died for real because it was an actual dagger. Hmm. Not sure how that happens, but it happened. And it's happened multiple times. It's so. called murder. <laughs> it's called murder. Carefully okay. planned. <laughs> um, I actually didn't know that one once you said it. I It jogged in my memory. Like I said, I've heard it. You know, that this Shakespeare play that's not named. In 1947, Harold Norman, who did not believe in the curse, died after he was stabbed in the chest during the final fight scene of the play. Let me guess. Another dagger accidentally placed, replaced a prop? <laughs> uh, so it actually sounds like they they got too into the fight scene. You okay there? Yeah, I just got like a full-on whiff of apple. Interesting. From, this, from the drink. All right. Keep that in mind. Um, from what I read, uh, they it wasn't because a real like sword was used. They got too into the fighting. Um, and even with a prop sword, if you lunge and stab right, it can do some serious damage. Um and I read a whole article that I didn't take any notes on, and I should have, because I should have known you were going to ask about it. Um, and it was written by someone who does, like, sword choreography professionally. And he wrote about how you have to be careful how you use these prop daggers and prop swords and rapiers and anything that's like a stabbing weapon. Yeah. Um, you have to use it more as, like, a slashing weapon, because if you actually use it as a stabbing weapon, like, shit can go wrong so are they just regular blades just dulled i believe so at least in like good quality um productions they're i believe real metal yeah that that makes sense because the edge is dulled you're not gonna slice anything but it's still pointy at the end yeah our skin's not that it's durable but it's not that durable yeah uh i do know he died in the hospital not immediately on stage but he did die because of the Scottish play. Mm. Uh, so is uh, this is you would you would consider this a production, correct? Yes. It's not theater though. So is it bad luck to say say that? No, I. Okay. We can say Macbeth because we're not in a theater right now. We're not performing that play. <laughs> in my head, somebody just comes out from the window behind me and stabs me. <laughs> That's what just happened in my head. <laughs> that would be impressive. We got it all on camera. Yeah. That's scary. I don't want to open the window now. Uh. <laughs> don't. 
with the dreams I've been having, eh, it ain't gonna be that. It ain't gonna be no different. I've been having some real screwed up nightmares lately. Jesus, like, like wake up. I never dream ever. Oh, now you're having nightmares, and I've had two like intense pain nightmares within the last week. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. Well, not, I hope you don't have any more of those. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. I've had two or three nights now where I haven't. So I think, honestly, I think it's not from not working. Oh. I yeah. think I think that's got something to do with it. I'm a busy body, and when I'm not busy, it bothers me. Okay, I get that. Several productions of this play have been the center of audience riots. The worst riot that ever took place due to like a theater mishap happened in 1849. The production at New York's Astor Place Opera House turned deadly. It started as a dispute between a popular American actor named Edwin Forrest and an equally popular English actor, William Charles Charles McCready. And both um, Forrest and McCready were playing... Macbeth at the same time, but in different locations and like different, different one was playing him on Broadway. Yeah. And the other was playing him in, um, this, what did I call it? The Astor Bastard. place opera house. So they're both in New York, both in New York, okay. just a few blocks away from each other. Gotcha. Uh, the Astor place opera house no longer exists. I think partly because of this, um, so there was like a big argument between their fans and each other and newspaper tabloids about who was better at acting Shakespeare's major roles. Isaiah Rinders, 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 don't know how to say his last name. Uh, he is captain of the Tammany Hall political movement and a huge Edwin Forrest supporter is quoted as saying, Shall Americans or English rule this city? Talking about New York and McCready and uh, Forrest. Now, Isaiah Ridners was such a force supporter that he ended up posting posters um, all around the town and he handed out handbills, determined to embarrass the mayor of the Whig political party. The mayor... Um, he was recently elected Mayor Wood, Woodhull, and it was his basically political rival. Um, and Isaiah kind of egged on this riot by stating that the mayor wouldn't have enough manpower to quell a riot. And he just kind of poked and prodded and set things alight. He kind of lit the... Yeah, he, yeah. It sounds like you might have poured a little straw on it, too. A little bit of gasoline. Yeah. Uh, Mayor Woodhall called for the militia to prepare to protect the homes of the wealthy and the elite. Okay. And. Fuck the poor people. Exactly. And that made everything so much worse. Because at the time, um, the theater. Poor people got feelings, too, you know. (laughs) Yes, we do. Uh, at the time, the theater was seen as something that both the rich and the poor could partake. It was something where the classes could intermingle. And Woodhull deciding to only cater to the elite and say, fuck the poor people, 
pissed off the poor people who felt like they had just as much right as the rich people to be protected, which, yeah, I mean, okay, get it. So the play opened at 7.30 p.m. and 10,000 people filled the streets around the theater. Do you think the actors were nervous? Um, I know William Charles McCready went through and did the entire play, acted, performed everything. At the end, he put on a disguise and left. Bounced. He was nervous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, fear, fearing that they had lost the city, authorities called in the troops. And this is where shit gets fucked up. So all these militia shoulders. (laughs) How many times am I going to call a soldier a shoulder? I think I've done that every time I've ever said shoulder. Shoulder. God damn it. I've done that every time I've said soldier on this podcast. I say shoulder instead because I am an idiot. That's all right. Every time you say mayor, all I hear is mayor. <laughs> like a horse. Uh, <laughs> I just realized that a few seconds ago. <laughs> mayor. Mayor. Yeah, like a mayor, like a horse. Okay. I don't, I'm going to blame Colorado. growing up on the West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, that's just my Southern accent. Or Midwest, say it. Yeah. not mayor. West Coast. Mayor. Is mayor? Mayor. You gotta exaggerate the A. Mayor. Okay. Not a mayor. No, it's a mayor. Yeah. It's interesting how the dialect is different. <laughs> anyway, back on track. These soldiers lined up uh, and like they were shouting warnings at the people like, you need to stay back, calm down, blah, 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 blah. And the warnings just went unheeded. People were heated and they were ready to go. Rioting. Yes. Uh, and so the soldiers, I have to think about the word every time I say it, uh, began opening fire into the air. So they held the rifle straight up, shot in the air. Well, when that didn't start working, they shot into the crowd at point blank range. What time period was this? You said the Whigs, so that had to have been the 18-somethings. 1849. Oh, wow. I was close. You were very close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, Yeah, I'm not surprised for that time. 22 rioters died. Uh, Some estimates said it was even up to 30, and over 120 people were injured. And back then, I'm assuming most of those injuries resulted in Probable death. Possibly. It's 1849. Um, possibly. So that... Whiskey. Laudanum. So. <laughs> Don't sue us, Dan Cummins. <laughs> so why is Macbeth cursed? Some people believe that Shakespeare angered an actual coven of witches by using real incantations in the play. And so they cursed it forevermore. So. They felt some historians believe that he used actual spells um, and pissed witches off. 
for like revealing what their actual spells were. Now, a little bit more logical people say that with over 400 years of history, accidents are bound to happen. This play has been happening for 400 years. Bad stuff is going to occur when you have 400 years of the same thing over and over. It's just probability. So I'm the most logical person in the world. I'm not going to say that, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very logical. Have I ever told you my experience with witches and witchcraft? No. Okay. I can't tell you on the podcast. Um, because it involves, uh, I, it just involves family and personal stuff that I can't. All right. I um, wrote a note down to ask you about witches. Yes, I can't. <laughs> um, but my question is, so my logic kind of goes out the window as far as that goes. Okay. With that being said, though, it comes right back in the window you said we've had this play for 400 years yep. from Shakespeare's time. Shakespeare wrote a number of other plays that have been done a bajillion times too. Like, I don't know. A lot of them had death in it, like Romeo and Juliet. People died during Romeo and Juliet. Same way they have during, Mac Mac I don't even want to Mac say it. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> You don't even want to say it? No, I don't. I'm afraid somebody's going to come through the window and stab me. All right. The Scottish play. Yeah. Um, he who must not be named. Lord Voldemort. I'm not scared of him. <laughs> he did. Um, if I was better at my job, I would have looked up if other Shakespeare plays have caused deaths and stuff, but I didn't. That's okay. Um, but I'm going to assume nothing has been dramatic as like Macbeth because of all the history that surrounds it. Um, That's kind of what I figure. You know, it would be, it wouldn't be necessarily a Macbeth thing as it would be a Shakespeare thing if that was the case. So, yeah. uh, like I said, the logic goes in, it goes out the window with the witch thing, mm -hmm. but it comes right back in with that. Like, and then it goes right back out when there's no <laughs> explanation for it. All right. Well, I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, saying Macbeth in the theater when you're performing Macbeth is bound to happen. Someone's going to slip up and say it. So there is a way to break the curse if you accidentally say Macbeth. You need to exit the theater. Spin around in a circle three times, spit over your left shoulder, utter a cuss word, and knock to be let back in the theater. And that will apparently fix anything. Do that one more time, please. Okay. You need to exit the theater, spin around three times, spit over your left shoulder, utter a cuss word, and knock to be let back in. <laughs> You lose me after spin around three times every time because <laughs> I hear SpongeBob in my head. Stop on your right foot. Don't forget <laughs> it. And then it's time to bring it around town. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm picturing in my head is happening outside of theaters. I mean, kind of. Minus afterwards, you have to spit and then cuss. Oh, golly. I, I'm going to keep my eye out for that now. Yep. <laughs> mm. Bring it around town. 
Uh, so that is my my first superstition okay. tradition. Cool. That, that, I I remembered it, but I didn't know the details behind that. Yeah. Number two, always say break a leg. Never good luck. So this is the one you mentioned. Um, there's actually a couple of different credible theories that historians argue over which is true. So the first theory is that in the Elizabethan era, people would throw money on stage for a good performance. Actors had to kneel to pick up the coins and thus broke the straight line of their leg. So they broke a leg by getting applauded and blah, blah, blah. I feel that that one's similar to breakfast, breaking your fast. Yeah. The second credible theory is the masking curtains on the sides of the stage are called legs. An actor must break a leg by walking in front of the legs onto the stage to perform and thus earn a paycheck. And then there, there are other people who say, oh, you say break a leg because it's supposed to like be like reverse psychology to the evil eye and all sorts of stuff. But historians quote those two as the most credible sources. Okay. I... Both of those make sense. So yeah. I, I don't know which one's more likely. They both, I, I'm going to go with the masking curtains. That's kind of what I was thinking. Being too. called legs. Um, that's the one I think is probably the most likely. But who knows? Theater has been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. I don't know if you guys could see. I don't think you could in Megan's camera. Navia is on the ground over there, losing her mind, trying to scratch her inside of her ears. And it looked like she was having a seizure or something. It did not look like she was having a seizure. She just wants attention. Oh, sweet Nay. I'll try to get her up on my camera so you guys can see her. Oh, she would definitely get in your lap and try to stick her tongue in your mouth. All right. My third superstition is never whistle in a theater. That's Navia for those of you on YouTube. Okay, hi, Nene. She's trying to stick her tongue in my mouth. It's her favorite thing to do. Oh, she licked the mic. That's fine. Better that than me. She got my beard a couple times, but not, not in my mouth. <laughs> She's going to come back and try again. I'm putting my arm back up. <laughs> uh, my first Third, my third superstition. What is wrong with me? And I'm the one that's been drinking over here. My, I just can't English very well. Me neither, apparently. I had a conversation today with friend Shelby about, I told you earlier about the three words. Apparently, uh, smelt, smelt shittily, and waggle are not words. <laughs> Waggling is what you waggling. said. Waggling, yes. not waggle. Waggling. Waggling. I'm sorry. I'm redneck. I leave off the G. Waggling. Ah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Now that I think about it, waggling might be a combination of wiggling and wag. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I, it just dawned on me that one is a made-up word, but the other two are real. Ah. <laughs> uh. You smelt ore down into liquid. You smelt it or dealt it 
You smelled it or dealt it. I refuse. Well, you, I refuse to believe it. You can refuse. Not in my you world. Want. Okay. I want an invitation to your world. All right, come on. It's fun. <laughs> All right. Back to my topic. Yes, sorry. Never whistle in a theater. That's going to be hard for me. I like to whistle. Well, you're going to get in a lot of trouble if you do it in a theater. So this actually began um, in the 1600s when theatrical, theatrical scenery began to fly, when they would actually use rigging and ropes and stuff to make the scenery move. Sailors had been hired to run backstage crew because of their extensive extensive knowledge of ropes, knots, and rigging. And before modern communication methods like headsets or walkie-talkies, the crew would communicate by whistling. And that's also what they did on sea. They would whistle to let them know when they're moving a mast and blah, blah, blah. They would do that um, in the theater to signal when they needed to bring in a different prop or move something. A whistling actor could get hurt from an incoming backdrop or could cause the scene shift prematurely. So, and then it just stuck around. It never went away. You don't whistle in a theater. That's sure is shitty for those people that can't whistle. Couldn't have that job. Oh, yeah. I mean... If you wanted to be a sailor, I think you'd have to teach yourself to whistle. Yep. That's... Can you whistle? Yes. Don't whistle into the mic. It just sounds like blowing. Yeah, I can whistle, though. Okay. Num <laughs> what? I, just that odd little tidbit. Yes, I have tried to whistle into these mics. You have to do it from the side. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, you can hear it. But if you do it straight on, it just sounds like you're blowing into the microphone. Okay, I'll believe you. Number four is the ghost light. The last person to leave a theater must leave a light bulb on a post in the middle of the stage turned on. The light appeases the theater ghosts and allows them to perform in the evening when all the living people are gone. Now, Theaters have multiple pitfalls, such as orchestra pits to fall into and props that can be tripped over. So it's also a practical safety precaution that there should always be a light on in a theater. But there's no fun in that. So it's for the ghosts um, to either appease them so they aren't angry or to give them light for them to perform when no one else is around. This is going to sound really, really stupid. You ever seen uh, Sausage Party? Yes, I've seen Sausage That is such a bad movie. Yes. It's terrible. It's so bad. But it's got me thinking because the dude drops acid or something and he sees the food for what it really is. And it's moving and whatnot. What if, what if shit likes that? That's real. And like <laughs> food has like actual emotions and it's only until we were like high on drugs that it opens our mind to that what if ghosts really do perform in the theater for other ghosts like after after hours at like two in the morning and you 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 could see it all you just have to be high or like on acid or something i'm sorry the logic just went back out of the window there
nope, not worth it. Nope. <laughs> uh, nope. I would definitely believe ghost performing before I believe that my hot dog can talk to me. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, like, things in that realm. Not necessarily that your hot dog's alive. Maybe. I don't know. Who, who do you know? Who are you to say no? I have had friends that have tripped acid that have told me stories, and I don't think that's same, that same like, here. That does not sound like fun at all. Eh. I've heard good ones and bad ones. The bad ones scare me yeah. enough to keep me away from it. Yeah. Number five is the ghost of Thespis. So it is estimated that on November 23rd, 534, BCE, Thespis of ancient Athens was the first person to speak lines as an individual actor on a stage, hence the term thespian. I've definitely heard that word, but I don't know what it means. A thespian is a theater person. Someone who is involved with the theater is oh, a thespian. Okay, did not know that. Yes. Any unexplainable mischief that befalls a production is likely to be blamed on Thespis, especially if a theater doesn't have their own ghost. Lots of theaters have their own resident ghost that gets blamed for anything going wrong. Um, the theaters that don't blame Thespis coming back and fucking with everyone else. I don't know what to say to that one. Okay. You're still thinking about your food being alive. No, I just don't know what to say to that one. Okay. Uh, no, this whole... The, the, I don't know. There's a lot of ghosts involved in this theater. I did not expect this. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen... Fan oh, no, I don't know why I'm asking you that. Have you ever seen Phantom of the Opera? Nope. Shocking. <sighs> it, it's a movie. I've seen about five. Okay, we're not going to get into that either. It's not a movie. <laughs> I mean, it is a movie, but it's not. It's not a movie. It's a play. Yes, and it's, it's a movie. Musical. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, you hurt my feelings. I'm sorry. I don't know. I, don't. I feel like that happens a lot. You, have you ever seen? No. Ah, oh, you just killed me inside. I'm sorry. I don't know what to do with Tyler, guys. Like someday, I'm gonna have to handcuff him to a couch. No. no. <laughs> I will, I will Make close him. my eyes. We'll have to get like, what was it in Saw? Where he had the machine that forced them? I will die. <laughs> I was um, forced to watch way too many stupid movies in my childhood. No thank you. That's so bizarre being such a movie buff and having a co-host and a best friend that is not. Just weird. Very mm -mm, weird. No thank you. Okay. There is so many more traditions and superstitions that I could go over. Um, never wear blue on stage. Never take a peacock feather into a theater. Always give flowers after a performance. Never before. There are no mirrors allowed on stage. And more and more and more and more. I'm confused about that flower one because people, people get flowers before. It's supposed to be after. Really? Before is bad luck. Interesting. Yep. Good to know. Yeah. I'll, I'll lock that one in the memory banks. Yep. In case you ever date a thespian. Yep. All right. There's that word again. <laughs> thespian. 
I was thinking theater person, but I mean that that's a thespian. That is, yes, I know SAT word of the day. <laughs> thespian. Could you use it in a sentence? A thespian is a theater person. Could you give the definition? A theater person. T H E S P I A N. Yeah, good job. Yeah, I'm the world's worst speller, guys. <laughs> um so instead of continuing on and going over even more of the traditions and everything, because it's now 2021 and COVID is still drastically affecting our lives, I wanted to reach out to people that have made the theater and performing into their actual careers. And I wanted to learn from them and not just what Google told, told me. So a couple weeks ago, um, we talked about how I was getting emails sent to the podcast from people answering questions. And I reached out to several different people I knew um, that have been involved in theater and music and all sorts of different stuff. Um, and I had friend Corey, who suggested this topic, um, reach out to some people as well. Uh, and I got quite a few interesting things that I want to talk about. So the first person interviewed, first person I'm going to talk about is, of course, friend Corey. If I had a MIDI board, I would applaud right now. Sorry, I was a busy drinking whiskey. <laughs> um, so Corey, who did not include her last name, but Corey it went to Western Carolina University. And she was a major in music with a specific on voice. She has a gorgeous voice. I have heard her singing in the car. Um, she's gone to me like to a piercing shop and stuff. And she, her voice is fantastic. Um, so, Corey, if you're listening, mwah, gorgeous. <laughs> I almost hit the red one. Don't hit the red one. God, don't hit the red one. The red one is the noise. You guys know what the noise wow. is. Wow. If you guys are not checking out YouTube, go check out YouTube at 5435 because that look Megan just shot the camera will turn you to stone. Oh, shit. Jesus. That was like the meanest like. Oh, call me Medusa. That was just a straight up glare. Like. Oh. I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so I asked Corey, when did you first get involved in music and production? What made you want to be a theater person, a thespian? Yeah. SAT word of the day. <laughs> uh, her answer was dance at age three, music shortly after, and then theater in junior high. She, I asked, why did you get into the theater? Musicals at one point in my life, musicals at one point in my life, I loved being the center of attention and the adrenaline rush of being on stage, but mostly musicals. The last production you were a part of, she was a part of the chorus of the musical The Secret Garden. Her favorite superstition is the ghost light. Any activity you're currently participating in that you'd like to share? Corey says, I'm currently part of a barbershop chorus and barbershop quartet, but we're not performing due to COVID. What was supposed to be my first performance was canceled. 
and anything about the theater you want the world to know. And then I wrote, open the Word document for the exact quote, because I'm lazy. So originally what I was doing <laughs> was copying down word for word into my notebook what everyone wrote. And then I realized it would be way easier to just read it word for word from my phone rather than making me write it again. So I was 100% looking at your notes and I saw that they pretty much ended and I was like, there was way more than one email that came yep. through. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so anything about the theater you want the world to know. A person's heart and soul goes into their performances, so it doesn't really surprise me that so many superstitions and traditions exist in the theater, music, and dance. If I sing well or have a good show every time I perform a certain ritual before it, you can bet your buttons I am going to try to recreate that every chance I get. Support performance artists any way safe, you safely can right now. They are struggling right now. That is very interesting how, because I know you and I are both baseball fans. That's mm -hmm. interesting how relatable that is to baseball players. Yeah, they, we all have our own little any rituals. superstition, any ritual. Oh, I saw, not to get off topic, Freddie Freeman had his good luck shirt that he's had since 2010. It was disintegrated. It was being held on by like a couple threads. Oh, <laughs> and he finally had to get rid of it this year, but he won the MVP. So it worked. My second interview was with deity. Uh, deity also did not want to provide her last name. Deity is currently a theater performance major at UNC Charlotte. I asked her the same questions I asked Corey. When did you first get involved with the theater and how long have you been involved? I first got involved in actual theater in eighth grade, but I've been, been performing for as long as I can remember. I started out as a dancer and then ended up in theater and music. Why did you get into theater? I got into theater because I have literally been on stage since I was born. My mom was a part-time dance teacher in addition to being a social worker, so my siblings and I were in her classes all of the time. Partly because it was easier than paying for childcare while she taught, but mostly because we enjoyed ourselves. In middle school, I started doing musicals, and that was super exciting. The very first musical I was in was The Aristocrats Junior. I auditioned, and they pinned me as a soprano. This isn't very surprising to people who have, haven't heard me. This that it up. this isn't very surprising to people who have heard me sing. But now that I have learned more about myself and my voice as a performer, I am one hundred percent sure that I am not a soprano. I am actually a female tenor, which is a whole other struggle in and of itself. Now, everything that she said just there was 100% Greek to me. I don't know what that means. I do. You know what soprano and tenor? Oh, that's right. You're in chorus. Yeah. I forgot. You're in chorus. So, you have, basically you have... Uh, sopranos are the soprano and alto are the female parts. Soprano is the higher female part. Alto is the they get all the freaking melodies, the easiest parts because it's <laughs> especially with Christmas music. The but, salt, yeah, because they get the freaking easy with Christmas music. They get the melody that everybody knows. 
So it's super easy to sing along. Jingle bells, jingle bell versus everybody else has got to harmonize with that. And it's like, well, now I've got to fight. God knows how many years of learning how to sing jingle bells this way. <laughs> um, so it's soprano is the highest female part. Alto is the lower female part. She said she's a female tenor. Tenor is the higher male part. Baritone is the middle male part, which I was in chorus. And my voice has dropped. I, we had so few baritones and so few tenors. I had to sing tenor more often than not. And then you have basses. Uh, my voice has dropped so that I'm a bass, but she's her register is low enough to the point where she's singing where the high men would be singing. All right. Most, most of your pop, male pop vocals are tenors. Okay. Um, I think I think if you want a good example of a baritone, Elvis, Elvis was a baritone. Okay, I can hear him in my head. Yeah. yeah. She goes on to say that that was the start of my journey in musical theater, and I don't think I've stopped doing theater since. When and what was the last production you were a part of? The last real production I was a part of was in March, just before COVID became really serious in the U.S. It was literally the last play that the company did before the state home orders and other things began. It was The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime, directed by the wonderful Caleb Sigman. That's a great fucking book. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That is a great book. I read it in high school. There were a lot of fun effects, projections, and sound layering. It was really progressive for Davidson community players because they tend to cater to an old, older audience who enjoy more traditional plays. What is your favorite theater superstition? My favorite common superstition is the M word or the Scottish play. I literally don't even like to say or type the word if I don't have to. Um, and then she goes on to explain what the Scottish um, plays superstition is. And da, 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 da. she continues on to... I have my own personal superstition, which is much, much, less, much less interesting, but I have to lay on the dressing room floor before every show I do, especially if it is a shared dressing room. I don't have a reasoning behind it. Something about the absurdity of being on the floor just helps me prepare myself energetically for the show. Any particular activity you participate in that you'd be willing to share? I'm really interested in circus arts right now. The most impressive thing I can do is a chest stand or maybe a headstand, but those are both a little basic. It's still very fun, and I really want to start tumbling. And my final question was, anything about the theater you want me and the world to know? She says, everyone who does theater is literally crazy and the performing world wouldn't function any other way. My third interview was with Jante Piper. Now, Jante Piper, I have known my entire life. Um, she is the daughter of my mom's best friend. So my mom's best friend's daughter. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I just, yeah, interesting. I want to talk to you about that after the podcast. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so 
I remember the first like non Denver performing arts, like major play I saw was John Tay's performing. I remember she played in a play called Nickel and Dimed. It was when she was uh, attending Metro State. And I remember me and my mom and her mom going and watching her. And I remember giving her flowers after the show. And I, I'm sure I saw plays of hers before that, but that's just the first one that I remember because um, John Tay is older than I am by like, I think 10 years. Um, so she was already old and cool by the time I was a kid. So she attended school, as I already stated, at the Metropolitan State College of Denver, which is now Metropolitan State University of Denver out in Colorado. When did you first get involved with the theater and how long have you been involved? I've been performing since I was three years old in some way, shape or form, but I didn't study and participate theater on a regular basis until my junior year of high school. Even then, I still participated in choir and dance simultaneously. Why did you get into the theater? Because I love to perform. It wasn't until I saw a production of Les Miserables at my high school that I considered doing so in that particular discipline. When and what was the last production you were a part of? In terms of theater, I believe it was a summer production of Hairspray through the Aurora Fox Theater. I played Motormouth Maybell, which is pretty fun. What is your favorite theater superstition? It's between never mentioning the name of a certain Shakespeare play, starts with an M, am I even allowed to say that much, but us thespians refer to it as the Scottish play, and talking to the theater ghost if the theater has one, and usually that's a yes. So more about the theater ghosts. Any particular activity you participate in that you'd be willing to share? I'd venture to say that I'm just a dancer who knew how to recite lines and carry a tune if need be, and I started to focus solely on dance again about eight years ago. These days, I'm dancing with the, oh, Piper, oh, Jante, I'm so sorry, the Kalama Polynesian dancers, professionally and competitively. I should have asked her how to say that before I read this. Kalama Polynesian dancers. Anything about the theater you want me and the world to know. It's a window into so many worlds. Whether you're an actor or a spectator, you can learn a lot from the art of theater. Empathy, understanding, and vulnerability being the most important things, in my opinion. Every performance is basically a showcase of humanity, and it is by no means easy to put on or go through. It can be very taxing and time-consuming, like nine-hour rehearsal seven days a week and then seven to eight shows a week for a month. Taxing, time-consuming. Add all the hardworking people behind the scenes, the production team, stage techs, costumers, light folks, sound folks, set folks, musicians, etc., that have most likely been planning and building for months before actors are even cast. The finished show you see is just the tip of the iceberg. I say all this to say, give it up for the theater folks. It takes special people to stay committed to showcasing humanity, deal with all the uncertainty, especially now with the pandemic, while random assholes who have no idea just how much goes into a production scream at them to get a real job. Damn. Yeah. 
Mic drop. Yes. <laughs> um, so, ironically, being in chorus, I knew a lot of thespians. Yeah, I'm sure. I feel like I said that word wrong. I feel like that's like a type of horse or something. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but yeah, no, I, I would agree. They're a, they're a special type of person. They're all fun and crazy and have a lot of fun. Theater um, kids were always nice. and Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I, I, we did. There were several musicals that I went to in high school that I haven't been to theater since high school but you know um just because my friends were in them yeah you know i was working a job i couldn't go but my buddies were in them so um like i said the theaters i would go to the theater before i'd go to the movies yeah we'll have to remember that that one day we'll go to the theater together when the world is normal again yeah hopefully but ever the theater it ever becomes normal again. All right. I think I have time for one more interview. All right. All right. Uh, Before so, you start this one, I'm uh-huh. going to butt in here a little behind the scenes here. I apologize for the noise, guys. This fucking thing that holds my microphone is squeaking like a motherfucker. I don't know if we can hear it. I'm not hearing it through okay, my headset. Okay, I'm hearing it real bad. Is the WD-40 over there or did I take it and put it up? It would be on this table over here. No, all right. No, you took, okay, you, you I put, put it, it up. up. All right, well, I'll just deal with it then. <laughs> I was going to fix it on the fly, but I can't do that. So stop fucking with it. Well, that's hard because I have to move up oh. to mess with the computer. That's okay. I'll live. All right. My final interview that I'm going to go over was uh, from Pamela Northrup. Pamela Northrup attended Westminster College in New Wilmington, Pennsylvania, with a double major in theater and mathematics. When did you first get involved with the theater, and how long have you been involved? My very first show was playing the narrator in my kindergarten production of Vegetabella and the Seven Foods. I took something of a break after that, but started doing shows in high school, and I haven't quit yet. I've been doing theater for about 32 years now. Damn. Why did you get into theater? From the first time I saw a production of a musical at my high school, I just knew I had to be a part of it. It was a calling. When and what was the last production you were a part of? The last live and in-person show I was in was the East Coast premiere of a lovely little romantic fairy tale called Quadrille. Since COVID, I performed in two Zoom-based shows, Speech and Debate, and The Revenger's Tragedy, and I'm currently rehearsing for another, The Tamer Tamed. What is your favorite theater superstition? Everyone knows about the, everyone knows about the one about not saying the title of the Scottish play, but I really like that whistling on or backstage is bad luck. One, I like the origin of the story. Uh, two, whistling is like nails on a chalkboard to me. So any reason to get people not to do it is a bonus in my book. No, <laughs> no wrong. <laughs> any particular activity you participate in that you would be willing to share? 
I'm on the board of directors of the Greenbelt Arts Center in Maryland, and I have been working very hard to continue to do theater despite not being able to work in person. We've done some really good shows, and I'm proud of how we've embraced Zoom as a new form of theater with its own merits, rather than just a poor substitute to hold us over. Anything you about theater you want me and the world to know? There is good theater everywhere. Just because it's not on Broadway or a professional tour doesn't mean you can't find really good stuff in a small community theater all around. And theater people are pretty aggressively welcoming in most places. If you want to be a part of it, show up, ask, volunteer. You never know what you might get to do or who you might meet. I met my husband doing community theater. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm... The thought has crossed my mind to volunteer to do sound and whatnot for a community theater since we've started talking about this. But the reason I say but is I don't have time working two jobs and doing this podcast. Three jobs, basically. (laughs) Yeah. If I ever get some free time, that would be awesome to do because I've learned so much about running sound and that sounds like a great way to learn more about it. Yeah. And a great way to meet some great people. Uh, they had me at that aggressively welcoming thing. Uh, oh, I know. You're... Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like that aggressively welcoming. <laughs> I like to just kind of do my own thing. But, you know, I'll eventually warm up to it, I guess. Yeah. They'll make you. Theater it people sounds don't, like it. don't stop. Um, again, thank you, Corey, Deity, Jonte and Pamela for your interviews. I appreciate you guys so much. And I hope that maybe we are able to support theater a little bit doing this podcast. I think, uh, yeah, I think that was good. Yeah. Thank you guys all for getting back to us. Yes, definitely. Um, I will take a brief moment uh, to say I found the WD-40 and I made the on the fly repair. I think Anyone on YouTube saw Anybody that. Anybody on YouTube, yeah. If you're on YouTube, you saw it. I I didn't try to hide it. <laughs> but I did listen. I, yeah, I was very, able to comment too. Yes, you were. I'm very proud of you. Good um, job. So let's... Um, I'm going to deviate from the schedule here because this is the last episode schedule. Okay. And let's do... time oh yeah so in addition to all those wonderful responses to megan's questionnaire um we got a short piece of fan mail i don't know if this person wants to be anonymous or not um so we will keep them anonymous um just in case it's what they want. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't want to be anonymous, sorry. Let us know next time you email us. So this fan, yeah, I, this I think, friend. I think that's a good policy uh, we should have going forward. We're going to keep you anonymous unless you specify not to. Yes. Yeah. Going forward. So this friend uh, says, hi, Tyler and Megan and happy 2021. Shelby turned me on to your podcast and I've been enjoying episodes one through four 
and would love to make a donation and, if I may, make a few requests for you to critique. Let me know how I can make the donation. You guys rock. Yeah, so uh, as I mentioned earlier, let me get my thing back up here. Oh, wrong one. Uh, you can hit us if you want to donate right now. Uh, PayPal.me slash Whiskey and Wonder. Um, you know, we appreciate everything everybody's sent us. It, Definitely. It means a lot. It's gone into getting the website domain and getting it hosted and to the point where we can actually work on a website. Yeah. Um, yeah every so little bit helps. Um, we really appreciate it. Definitely. Um, please feel free to send us whatever you want by email. Uh, we're going to reply to this message. We chose to wait till after the show tonight, mm -hmm. just so we could shout it out on mail time. Um, but yeah, send us whatever, whatever you want us to critique, whatever you want us to, if you want to critique us. Yeah. Um, uh, however, we love emails. Yeah. So yeah. Send us. I'm glad we got anything. We had a reason to use the mail time thing. I am too. It was so exciting. I think that email came in like last night, like in the middle of the in night. In the middle of the night. And I was like, ah! Uh, I know this person's <laughs> in a different time zone. So yeah, they are. Yeah. So uh, I, I can understand that. But um, all right. So we still don't have a drop for trivia with Tyler yet. No, that but, is uh, uh, the, they're working on it. Yes, I figure as much. Um, so we're going to go ahead and get into it now as soon as right. I can get Trivia it. Trivia with Tyler. Up. Tyler Nuggets. Ooh, this one's more like a Tyler Burger. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, Tyler Burger. You'll see why I said that in a second. So Burger King has the right to use its name throughout the entire United States except for a 20-mile radius around Mattoon, Illinois because there is a unrelated restaurant there named Burger King that has the rights to it. <laughs> All right. So next time you have Burger King, just remember... There's one little town somewhere in Illinois that has a completely unrelated Burger King. I want to go there one day. I want to go there I too. I want to go there and try their Burger King. I want to check out I bet Burger King. I bet it's better, better than corporate Burger King. Oh, I'm sure. I'm Ugh. sure. But that's all I got for you today as far as Tyler, Tyler Burgers go. <laughs> all right. That was a good little Tyler Burger. It's like a slider. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a Tyler slider. All right, so I, if uh, you guys are not watching YouTube, um, if you're watching YouTube, you've seen me dip back into the bottle twice now. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've re-upped. So we're going to uh, get on with our final thoughts on the whiskey. If I can find the right button. I can officially say I think I've drank this whiskey almost every single possible way you can. I have literally taken it up the nose. <laughs> do not recommend. No. Don't do that. Don't. No. Please don't. <laughs> um, like I said, I've dipped into the bottle twice now. It's good. It is, I like it. It is very good. Um, what is the name of this one again? Because I will buy it 
for sure. I was about to say, because this one's staying here. <laughs> it is Woodford Reserve Double Oaked Barrel Finish Select. Woodford it look, it Reserve. Looks, looks like this, y'all. Very good. Um, so those of you guys who've been listening for a while um, know that I apparently really like apple-flavored whiskeys. Um, there seems to be a pattern there that when apple becomes whiskey-y that I really go crazy for it. Um, and the more I've drank this one, which I've not drank nearly as much as Tyler, but the more I've drank this one, the more apple I get. And it's like an apple vanilla, like almost like an apple ice cream, I guess. And the way you drink it drastically changes the spice on it, as yes. we've seen with some of the other ones. I've had moments where it's burned for several several i don't want to say several tens of seconds but you know like 30 seconds afterwards um and then i've had times where it's been smooth and not burnt at all mm -hmm. um i i think I, I would sit and sip on this oh yeah for sure oh yeah i could sit sip on this for i this bottle may it's a small bottle it may not make it to next weekend well That's, damn how much I like it. All right. Remember when we get to December, we're going to have to buy another one. This, this one's not a fifth anyway. It's, uh, looks like half a fifth. I don't know. It's adorable. It's 300 or 375 mils. It's freaking adorable. The little bottle. He's so cute. Versailles, Kentucky is where this is from. Well, these Kentucky bourbon people know what they're doing. I have got to say so far, I think I'm a bourbon man. I You said I we can't say that yet. It's a couple episodes mm. ago because I tried to say I was a bourbon person and you said no. Yeah, I know. So. I know. No. If I can't say it, you can't say it. Yeah, I know. We need more scotch and yes. uh, single malts and Irish and rye. Yes, we do. Um, We actually got a request for a scotch today. Um, nice. I sent that I, to you. Yes, you did earlier. I, so we, we've talked about doing that one in the past. So that that yes. will be good. Um, in addition to that, I think we have one in the queue, and then we're wide open after that. So maybe we could throw that one on there. Mm -hmm. Or point being, whether it's that one or another one, it's not to be a bourbon or a blended because we've done quite a few bourbons, quite a few blended. But blended they taste whiskeys. good. They do taste good. They taste so good. But we're here to taste it all. Yes. Not just the good ones. Gotta taste them all. Gotta taste them all. <laughs> Gotta taste them all. Whiskey and wonder. Uh, too many syllables to do the Pokemon thing. Yeah, a little bit. You can Southern it. Southern yeah. it into less syllables. Who's your winner? <laughs> uh, oh, I didn't clip. Hot damn. I was about to say, I think it just clipped. Anyway. Yay, suppressor. So, yes. <laughs> um, I love this whiskey. Um, I kind of wish this had been... Uh, if we had drank this in 2020, it... It would have definitely in, been in the final four. In the for final sure. four, yeah. I don't know which one of us would have 
we would have fought over who got absolutely got it to be in their final two. Absolutely. There was no fighting over it just for those that have listened already to the uh, end of year special. There was no fighting. Mm-hmm. That was organic. Yep. The four we chose and then the winner was completely organic. Yep. And we agreed with everything the other said. Um, go listen to that episode. You can hear me get trashed and, and then you- look at Instagram and you can see me trashed. Yeah. Unfortunately, because <laughs> I'm a moron. You can't see it on YouTube. <laughs> you beat yourself up enough for it. You're good. Have I? You have. Uh, you have. Um, final thoughts? Get this whiskey. It's good. I like it. It's apple It's creamy. Um, you drink it right and it goes down smooth and there's not a burn, but it does warm your belly. Um, yeah. Fantastic. It, it has a wonderful whiskey glow to it. Yeah. Um, it keeps my belly and my throat and everything good and warm for a little while afterwards, but mm-hmm. not burning. Yes. Um, the flavor is delicious. I can't. This is the second one. The second one that I will officially put, say, go get it. All right. What are you going to give your rating? Eight and a half. Eight and a half. All right. I think. I might even. Mm, part of me wants to go nine. I think I'm going to go nine. I, I think I'm going to go nine. I just. I uh, See, the reason I never go super, super high, though, is because I always feel like there's something better out there that I just haven't had. But this is very, very good. I'm going to. I'm going to give a range eight and a half to nine. Okay. I I find that acceptable. I'm cheating. <laughs> That's all right. It's acceptable. Um well, this company that's been going on since eighteen twelve apparently knows what they're doing. Keep on keeping on, y'all. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna cheers, y'all. Cheers. Mm-mm. Mm, that is good. That's very good. Oh, that is so good. That's dangerous good. I will, uh, one more thing, if you guys haven't listened to uh, the end of year special, the ice balls change the flavor drastically. Drastically. So if you don't have your set, go get you some and try whiskey with it, try it without it. Um, I am going to try this at some point this week. Without or with the ice ball, probably with a cigar, probably gonna mess my taste buds up a little bit, but that's the way it is. I am, I'm impressed. So I am, I am loving it. Yes. Um, I think. Well, this would normally be the time where we sign off and talk about the Mandalorian, but. But the Mandalorian is over. Yes. So, in my schedule that I made, um, I have question mark, question mark, question mark time. (laughs) Where normally I have Mando time. So, I think we're going to discuss, since we had a bourbon this week, Mm -hmm. I think it would be good to talk a little bit about... uh, 
what makes a bourbon a bourbon. What is a yeah? What makes a bourbon a bourbon? Uh, we've had a little. We've had a couple of requests to do a little more whiskey stuff, so we're gonna try to get that done. If you like the Mando talk and have other suggestions, email us. If you want us to keep talking more about whiskey, email us. Um, Give us some feedback. Let if us know you want what us to want. talk about the Dungeons and Dragons campaign, I'm starting next Saturday. Let us know. Um, mm. I can't uh, be a part of that. No, you can't because you work. Sad. What happened to the old one on Saturdays? Um, COVID happened oh. and a swirling pool of depression and self-hatred. Understandable. And, yep. I've been in that since last week's episode in the fucking <laughs> record debacle. Stop beating yourself up. It's fine. It's fine. Is it? It is. It's fine. It's not. There's always going to be that. It's recorded fine. record. Oh, anyway. dear God. It's fine. Um, um, so, okay. yeah, I, I decided to start a completely new campaign um, and to make 2021 a better year for D&D because I really dropped the ball and I'm sorry to my players for that. Um, 2020 just hit me hard and I had no motivation to do anything except trundle on. Um, and, and honestly, this. this podcast probably got me through a lot of 2020. So thank you, Tyler. Thank you. Damn it. I meant to get a freaking all sound. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, um, well, I, you're welcome. I really look forward to doing this every single week. It's been me too. You know, it's been really fun doing it. It's yeah. been time consuming. That's for sure. But <laughs> you know, it's always worth it just to come out Sunday nights and hang out, hang out, drink some a, whiskey. Yeah. I try to, I tend to make, oh, you guys have no idea. I tend to make some food before this so that oh. we don't get too drunk. I got homemade um, ramen today. <laughs> yeah, I made some homemade ramen. So good. It, was, it was all right, but it was good. I took I tried my hand at some bread today. Um I mean just simple artesian bread, salt, flour, yeast, water. It came out pretty ah, well, no, I'm not I'm not trying to toot my own horn. It came out real good. <laughs> uh, to the point where I ate half a loaf and then a bowl of ramen. And so that was about two hours before Megan was supposed to get here. And I just laid on the couch and Megan got here and I was like, I'm in a food coma. I'm struggling to even be awake right now. And wake she, the fuck she up. She goes, wake the fuck up. <laughs> I've got a show to do. So here I am. So I'm, yeah, I always look forward to Sundays because... I get to watch football, cook a good meal, hang out with Megan, drinking typically, usually an above average whiskey. <laughs> there have been a few below average, but you know. Wolfburn. <clears throat> screwball. <laughs> Honestly, that's where my mind went with screwball. Mm. Wolfburn was Both bad, of those but, were disgusting. Ooh. Um. But, all right. Yeah, so so let's, what, is, what is a, what is a bourbon? A bourbon is a whiskey. Is it? It is. I didn't know that. Um, so I've got a little small paragraph here that I'm going to read to you guys. And then I'm going to click the link and see where it takes me. 
and then maybe I'll have a page to read you. Uh, so a bourbon whiskey uh, can only be made in America. It has uh, very, very tight regulations on it. It has to be made from at least 51% corn, and it's distilled to no more than 160 proof, barreled no higher than 125 proof, and aged in new charred oak barrels. Um, if anybody's wondering what proof is, like I am. It's the alcohol content, right? Let's double check that. I think that's right. But uh, In the United States, the system established around 1848 is a bit simpler. Proof is straight up two times alcohol by volume. So vodka, say that, is 40%. ABV is 80 proof. Okay. And one that is 45 is 90 proof. So, yeah, it's, it's alcohol by volume. So Yes, doubled for some reason. Okay. So 120 would be 60. 60. 60 ABV. So, okay. Um, 125, so 62 and a half. Uh, the taste of bourbon, uh, it varies. Of course, we've seen that. Yes, but it mostly has a robust flavor. Now I'm going to click this. Um, most people associate it with Kentucky, which for our, well, I shouldn't assume that our foreign listeners don't know that Kentucky is a state. Kentucky is. <laughs> I'm sorry to our foreign listeners. You, you probably know where Kentucky is better oh, than I do. God. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, cause Tyler's an asshole. Yes. Kentucky, Kentucky is, is north state. of Tennessee. <laughs> It's south of West Virginia and Ohio. It's considered one of the southern states in the Bible Belt. And they play a lot of music. They also have the Kentucky Derby with all the fancy hats and the horses. Yep. And um, they mine their mountaintops there. They just cut the entire top of the mountain off for coal. All right. And bourbon. my geology. Anyway. um, The majority of bourbon is made in Kentucky, um, but it can be legally distilled anywhere in the U.S. Uh, Fuck you, Canada. Kentucky's long been the home of bourbon <laughs> because of the state's natural resources. That look wasn't for you saying, fuck you, Canada. Oh. <laughs> Canada, actually, I was reading earlier, they have some uh, some of the best blended whiskeys ever. We haven't done a Canadian whiskey yet. We have not. Send in your Canadian whiskeys. Yes. Um... Like I said, bourbon must be made with a minimum of 51% corn, uh, which gives it its noticeable sweetness. Uh, but most bourbons are made with over 70% corn. Uh, typically, grains like barley, wheat, and rye make up the rest of the the mash. Um, and that's basically uh, fermented grains that are distilled into the whiskey. Uh, rye gives it its spicy note, which makes sense because rye are typically spicier. Um, the non-corn portion uh, is usually what makes the bourbons distinct. It gives it the so, apple or the honey. or um, Yeah, the, this article for inst- uh, says, for instance, Maker Mark's Maker's Mark includes red winter wheat, which is why it tastes softer and richer than most bourbons. Whereas on the flip side, bullet bourbon, which we have had. We have. That was episode 
two, two, I believe. Yes, it was. Uh, includes 17% rye, which is very high for bourbon standards, making it one of the spicier bourbons you'll find. Interesting. I'd be interested to go back and take a little. It's in the drawer in there, but not not now. I've hit my limit, guys. Yeah, you're done. I can tell. Um, uh, let's see here. Aging. Okay. So literally by law, it is written into the law that bourbon must be aged in new oak barrels. Uh, they must be charred on the inside, and most distilleries use a, I don't know what this means, number four or alligator char? Any idea what that means? No idea. And Number four char, C-H-A-R. Um, and bourbon, diller, bourbon distillers cannot legally reuse their barrels. They're often sold first. To use to age other liquors, including rum and tequila. Interesting, because as many of you know, I work at a bar, actually a brewery, uh, and I know we have some barrels from a local distillery. I wonder, I wonder if I could snag one of those. Actually, yeah, I wonder how much. That'd be a great prop to have in here. When when studio's done hell yeah. yeah that's gonna be a bitch to carry up there oh we can do it yeah i know but we have i'm lazy butler houston <laughs> he is gonna kill you I know. houston was so He's... mad <laughs> he was so mad at being called a butler <laughs> i love you <laughs> uh i'm gonna get in trouble uh so the law doesn't age how long uh uh bourbon needs to be aged the law doesn't specify how long bourbon needs to be aged. I think I stumbled all over that word there. Um, uh, typically, they spend a few years in the barrel. Four to seven years is the average. If you find a bottle of 10-year or older bourbon, it's likely special release, and it's going to cost you a pretty penny. All right. I figured out char levels. Talk to me. So char is how long they burn the white oak barrels um a number one char is 15 seconds number two is 30 number three is 35 and number four is 55 the number four char is also known as the alligator char since after that duration of charring the interior of the oak wood staves has the rough shiny texture of alligator skin interesting um, the typical flavor of bourbon, like the general flavor, is uh, big vanilla, oak, and caramel notes. Um, and so that's why it's a very versatile whiskey. People can enjoy it, you know, straight on the rocks or mixed, mixed in cocktails. Yep. Um, so that's a little bit of information about bourbon. I think we might try to go through, um... I don't want to necessarily say whatever style we drink that week, but well, I, I think we've got another bourbon lined up next week is the problem. Yeah. Excuse um, me. But, um, you know, we'll try to give you a little more whiskey information. I, I know some folks are tuning in specifically for the whiskey aspect. Yes, definitely. Um, um, but I, I do want to go ahead and kind of wind this one down. We're getting on to an hour and 40 minutes now. All right. 
It's been a long one, guys. It has been. I think uh, we beat this. We had an hour and 42 last week, or maybe that was the special. I don't remember. I don't know. Everything blurs together. It sure does. All right. Well, guys, um, I guess it is time then that Whiskey and Wonder wishes you farewell. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hopefully 2021 is better and gets better. Um, Go out and get yourself a bottle of uh, Woodford Reserve Double Oak. Indeed. And most importantly, don't drink and drive. Cheers. And then it's time to bring it around town. <laughs>